New York Magazine's cover features a trans man who carved a penis out of the flesh of her leg. And Joe Biden lays out his new plan for fighting COVID. So much sciencing. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. You have a right to privacy. Defend your rights at expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, it is the season of giving, but you've already given way too much to your internet service provider, like all of your data. Don't do it again next year. Instead, why not get ExpressVPN? I'm not just talking about the enormous internet bill that you pay every month that goes to your internet service provider. I'm talking about like all your private information is viewable by your ISP. Every time you go online without ExpressVPN, you're leaving that data unprotected. And that means that even when you're visiting sites in incognito mode, they can still grab that data. On top of overcharging you, these ISPs are legally allowed to sell all your browsing activity to third-party advertisers at a massive profit. That's why I'm done giving to my ISP. I always go online with ExpressVPN. The app encrypts and reroutes 100% of my network data through their secure servers, so my provider can't see a thing. It couldn't be easier to use, too. Simply fire up ExpressVPN on any of your devices, phone, laptop, whatever. Tap one button to connect, and that's it. Unlike your ISP, ExpressVPN is committed to your privacy. The privacy policy has been audited by third parties, so you can rest assured knowing that your data is not being logged by anyone. So protect yourself, take your privacy back, visit expressvpn.com slash Ben, get three extra months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Ben, expressvpn.com slash Ben to learn more. Alrighty, so yesterday, there's an article rocketing around the internet. It was from New York Magazine, the cover of New York Magazine featured a quote-unquote trans man, meaning a biological woman who believes that she is a man, whose new name is Gabrielle Mack. Okay, Gabrielle or Gabriel Mack. The original name of this human was in fact Mack McClellan. But then this woman decided that she is in fact some sort of trans man and therefore had to appear on the cover of New York Magazine in her underwear. I say her because I only use biological pronouns on this show in her underwear after having a breast removal surgery and after having had a surgery to essentially carve a fake penis out of her leg and then attach it to herself. This is what our society has become. In one photo, this is what our society has become. When radical subjectivism rules the roost and reality is forced to bow before the altar of radical subjectivism, what you end up with is effectively bodily mutilation. There's no way to look at this photo and not see a form of bodily mutilation. This is literally a person who has had flesh from her leg removed in order to carve out a fake genitalia and then say that she has now become a man. By the way, this person also says that she has retained her original female genitals in terms of her vagina. So she still has a biological vagina and now has added on a fake penis through a phalloplasty. And I say fake penis because this is not a... Uh, naturally grown thing, shall we say. It is It is carved out of human flesh. Okay, now, I don't mean to be ex extremely graphic, but that's the entire point of the article. The entire point of the article from New York Magazine is to be as extremely graphic as possible, which is why the photo is on the cover of New York Magazine. And it's why you have extremely graphic photos of what the leg looks like after the removal of the flesh. And you are supposed to just mirror the perspective of the article. You're supposed to mirror the idea that this person used to be a woman and is now a man. So over the weekend, I was rereading 1984. And the truth is that 1984, while it is a, a morality play about the Stalinesque Soviet regime, in reality, it's a little bit deeper than that. What it really is, is about how you control minds. It's about thought crime and doublethink and mind control. And it's how people's minds are captured and then used against them. 
And this is what we are in the midst of culturally in the United States. You are not allowed the few centimeters in your brain that allow you a level of thought freedom. That would be to commit a thought crime. If you right now are thinking that this person obviously suffers from a mental disorder, and I will bring you more information about this person in just a moment, that this person obviously suffers from a mental disorder and that, and that brutal surgeries are very unlikely to represent a solution to that mental disorder. If you think that, then this means that you are a vicious, terrible person. What's more, if you go even further and you say this person remains a biological woman with a diagnosable mental disorder, if you say that, then this means that you're a bigot. Now, to most people, this just sounds like common sense because as a rule, if you go on the cover of a magazine wearing nothing but your underwear to show the scars from your top surgery and from your addition of a, of a penis through phalloplasty by carving flesh from your leg, this is not a, a great sign of a mentally well-ordered person. It just isn't. Okay, but if you say that, then this means that you are somehow gender, you are transphobic, you are heteronormative, you're cishet, right? All, all of this nonsense. So Orwell writes in 1984, and this is really the, the essence of 1984, says doublethink lies at the very heart of the regime, since the essential act of the party is to use conscious deception while retaining the firmness of purpose that goes with complete honesty, to tell deliberate lies while genuinely believing in them, to forget any fact that has become inconvenient, and then when it becomes necessary again to draw it back from oblivion for just so long as it is needed, to deny the existence of objective reality and all the while to take account of the reality which one denies. All this is indispensably necessary. This is correct. This is the, the culture that we have now been creating for ourselves. Orwell, writing about this in the context of, of Soviet mind control, essentially, he says, in the end, the party would announce that two and two made five, and you would have to believe it. It was inevitable that they should make that claim sooner or later. The logic of their position demanded it. Not merely the validity of experience, but the very existence of external reality was tacitly denied by their philosophy. The heresy of heresies was common sense. And what was terrifying was not that they would kill you for thinking otherwise, but that they might be right. For after all, how do we know that two and two make four or that the force of gravity works or that the past is unchangeable? If both the past and the external world exist only in the mind, and if the mind itself is controllable, what then? In order to reach utopia, you wonder why this is part of a left-wing agenda. Because really, this, what does this have to do with redistribution of income, per se? What does this have to do with the structures of the economy? What does this have to do, even with fairness and equity? What does it have to do with any of this stuff? What do bizarre claims about the nature of gender that are completely anti-biological and anti-common sense, what does that have to do with any of this? And the answer is, it all lies in the root belief that man is entirely malleable and that reality exists entirely in the mind. So if we just shift how we think about reality, a man can be a woman, a woman can be a man. All human beings can be remolded and shaped into utopian forms of themselves, widgets that we can play with from the top down to create a better society. That is how this particularly bizarre and radical perspective on gender fits into the broader left-wing rubric. Because once you have subjected yourself to relentless subjectivism, once you have decided that radical subjectivism is the truth about life, that reality does not exist out here. There's no such thing as reality. There are no such things as rules. Rules of biology do not exist. Rules of physics do not exist. Rules of history do not, not, nothing exists. The only thing that exists is in your mind. And that's the only thing that matters because it grants you a sense of authenticity. Once you believe that, you can accomplish anything in this view. That is why this is important. Not because this particular person, this particular person, 
doing what this person wishes to do with their life. I disagree with the decisions. I don't think this is going to alleviate anything. I think the surgeons who perform these sorts of surgeries are committing a grave sin against humanity, frankly. But adults are adults in a free country. Hey, that said, the, the baseline notion that the rest of society has to accept as truth something that is obviously a lie is extraordinarily dangerous. And it ties into a broader belief system that says that lies can become the truth so long as those lies are convenient and necessary for the pursuit of utopia. In a second, I'm going to get to the story of this person because I've sort of alluded to it, but the story really does tell the entire tale. We'll get to that in just one moment. First, do you know that garages are the most frequently accessed entry to the home? The garage is where people most important to you come and go. It houses a lot of your most prized possessions, cars, your tools, maybe your old photos. It's common sense to know what's going on in your garage. This is why you need the MyQ smart camera by Chamberlain. It's the only smart camera optimized for the garage brought to you by the leaders in garage door opener technology. With features like live video streaming, recorded events, motion detection, and two-way communication right from your phone, you can make sure your garage is secure 24-7. Pair it with the MyQ smart garage control. You'll never have to worry if you left the garage door open. You can check it, see it, and close it all the way from the MyQ app from anywhere. This is pretty great. I mean, you forget that your, your garage got left open. You can now close it from your phone. Somebody needs to get into the house, but you actually locked your front door. Well, you can use your phone to let them into the house. All the MyQ devices work seamlessly with in-garage delivery. Live video streaming capabilities let you watch in-garage deliveries of packages and groceries. It's easy to install. You can quickly connect it to your phone via Bluetooth. What are you waiting for? Give the gift of a MyQ smart garage camera to your favorite tech lovers this holiday season. If you act right now, you can save 46% for a limited time by entering Ben at checkout on myq.com slash Ben. That was Ben at checkout on myq.com slash Ben to save 46%. Keep an eye on what's happening in and around your home's busiest entryway with the MyQ smart garage camera. It's the only smart camera optimized for the garage. Okay, so before we get to the story, the details of the story, I just want to point out that the typical left-wing response to anybody even commenting on this is, why do you care? I care because you put this on the cover of a major national magazine. That's why I care. Because you made this a national story. A person making what I believe to be a bad decision for themselves is not a national news story. You made it a national news story. And the reason you did so is specifically so that when we comment on it, when we notice that you are fighting against common sense and, frankly, common decency, when we notice that you are lying to people about the malleability of human sex, when we notice that, you call us bigots. And you say, why are you even noticing? Why do, why do you notice? Why do you notice? We're noticing because you have made this the front line of the culture war. And you want to dictate this to my children. You want to tell my kids that your view of gender and sex is the real view of gender and sex. And you want to call anybody who disagrees a bigot. In other words, this is bait. But if you don't take the bait, then they win. Because if you don't take the bait, then the assumption is that what they are saying has some relation to reality or decency, and it has no relation to either. And so, honestly, I feel terrible for this human being. The reason I feel terrible for this human being is this person obviously has serious problems. Here is a story from July 5th, 2011. Journalist stages her own rape to cure trauma of witnessing sex attack on woman in Haiti. For journalist Mac McClelland, you'll notice that Gabriel Mac and Mac McClelland are the same human. For journalist Mac McClelland, it gripped her body and her mind in such a severe way she had to simulate a violent rape to get over it. The Mother Jones civil rights reporter was on a job in Haiti in the aftermath of the 2010 earthquake when she met a woman she called Sybil who had been raped at gunpoint and brutally mutilated by a gang of men. After Ms. McClellan, 31, accompanied her to the hospital, where the surgeon who performed a reconstructive surgery on her told her she was a slut and deserved what she got, they were on their way back in a taxi when Sybil saw one of the men who raped her. Ms. McClellan recalls she went into a full paroxysm, wailing and flailing in terror, screaming with her eyes rolling in abject terror. It was at that point that something snapped in Ms. McClellan too. 
Despite the fact that she had seen the impact of sexual violence all around the globe, having reported from the Congo and Burma, this incident was more than she could take. According to ABC, she became progressively enveloped in the classic symptoms of post-traumatic stress. Avoidance of feelings, flashbacks, recurrent thoughts that triggered crying spells. She couldn't get out of bed in the morning and had nightmares and daymares about rape. The 31-year-old went to see a therapist in her home of San Francisco, and despite getting treatment for PTSD, she told her therapist all she wanted to do was have incredibly violent sex. Her therapist suggested it was a good idea and told her to find someone who she trusted enough to do it. Ms. McClellan believed it was this staged violent rape with a close friend that cured her. She even wrote an article about it for the online magazine Good. In it, she explains how her sexual partner mercilessly pinned her, beat her about the head, and brutally violated her. She wrote about the rape. I did not enjoy it in a way a person getting screwed normally would. But as it became clear that I could endure it, I started to take deeper breaths, and my mind stayed there, stayed present even when it became painful, even when he smothered me with a pillow, not to asphyxiate me, but so that he didn't break my jaw when he drew his elbow back and slammed his fist into my face two, three, four times. My body felt devastated but relieved. I'd lost but survived. After he climbed off me, he gathered me up in his arms. I broke into a thousand pieces on his chest, sobbing so hard my ribs felt like, my ribs felt like they were coming loose. She told ABC, I was not crazy. It was a way for me to deal in a sort of simulated but controlled situation. It was still awful and the body doesn't understand when it's in a fight. So this is a person who was not raped, had PTSD from not her rape, but from witnessing another person's response to a rape and had a friend simulate rape in which she was beaten. Okay, so this is the person that we are talking about. Does this sound like a mentally ordered person to you, a well-ordered person to you? And this is not to rip on people who have mental disorders. There are people in my family with mental disorders. My grandfather, I've talked about it openly, was a manic depressive who was suicidal from time to time. Okay, so this is not to mock the mentally disordered. This is to point out that when a society treats mental disorders as perfectly healthy behavior, you incentivize mental disorders. And by the way, you don't heal anybody. You don't make anybody better. In fact, in many cases, you make them worse. When you humor mental disorder, you are not making the mental disorder better. My grandfather, who was manic depressive, as I mentioned, right, he had the experience of believing that the radio was talking to him, telling him to kill himself. And for years, my grandmother, who just passed away, my, my grandmother would lie in bed and tie her foot to his because she knew that if he got up in the middle of the night, he might try to kill himself with a razor. Okay, that is what mental disorders are. To pretend that the radio actually was talking to him and we just needed to humor that would have been cruelty. It wasn't until he got on lithium decades later that he actually began to live a normal life. Okay, treating people who are mentally disordered as though that is a form of mental order and that it's only society that has done something wrong is cruel and nasty. And then to dictate to the rest of the world that the rest of the world is supposed to mirror this perspective is insane and it promotes insanity. Okay, and this brings us to the New York Magazine cover piece. My penis myself. I didn't need a penis to be a man, but I needed one to be me. Well, actually, it turns out you're not a man. It turns out you're a biological woman with, as evidenced by your, your own coverage of the issues, some problems. Okay, and I feel, honest to God, I feel terrible for this person. But to pretend that this person is just a mentally healthy man is ridiculous on every possible level that is possible for, it, it makes a mockery of the word ridiculous to suggest this is ridiculous. Okay, we'll get to more of this in just one. And, and by, by the way, demanding that all of us acquiesce and approve and cheer and putting it on the cover of magazines Hey, this is 1984 doublethink. That is what this is. We'll get to more of this in just one moment. First, 
I am thrilled to announce an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, GetUpside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download that free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code Shapiro. Get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use promo code Shapiro. Get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your very first tank of gas. Some people who drive are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. You drive a lot of miles, you're going to save a lot of money. There's no catch. The cash back gets added directly to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download that free GetUpside app. Use promo code Shapiro to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That is code Shapiro. Again, the gas prices right now are super inflated. So if you can save money, why exactly would you not? Go to the App Store, download that free GetUpside app, use code Shapiro, and you could be getting up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank of gas and then up to 25 cents per gallon every gallon after that. Get the GetUpside app today. Okay, so this brings us to the actual cover story from New York Magazine. Okay. On the day I heard that my penis would be huge, I sobbed. In the car outside the doctor's office afterward, I bent my torso in half and bawled, my face against the dashboard, my boyfriend petting my back to console me, but confused. Isn't it good news that they can do it, like, at all? And obviously, yes, it was. Growing up without one, I thought or maybe convinced myself that mine would grow in later, to the extent that when I see a woman in tight pants, I still often instinctively think, where is her penis? But my period at 12 aptly, agonizingly bled to death that increasingly implausible dream of reconciling with life, with God, that he wouldn't make me like this and leave me like this forever. So the news 28 years later that the agony was going to be over, abundantly over, was a bit much to take in. I fixated on the information that a pert little average flaccid package was not an option for me. When I asked the surgeon how big my impending penis was going to be, he could only guess, pointing to the reusable water bottle in my hand, a metal cylinder nine inches in circumference, smaller than that. I was so different from everybody else. I had always been so different. Phalloplasty in general, it was clear, it was hard for people to accept. Well, I will love you no matter what, sweetie, a cis female best friend of mine said when I told her I was transitioning years before, as long as you don't get a dick. One flatly demanded, don't get a dick. It was another transmasculine person I used to know said, disgusting, insane to want or to have a surgeon make a sensate phallus out of your arm or leg or somewhere and frankenstitch it to your body to go so far out of your way to opt into a tool, perhaps the tool of so much suffering. I love that there are people who are so left wing that the presence of a penis is itself somehow an act of violence. Okay, most transmasculine people don't get one. The seminal print Transmask magazine was named after not getting one. Original plumbing. I saw transmasculine support groups shut down and go silent more than once when someone brought up the procedure. And later, when I was that someone, I was twice invited to leave with other people who might want to talk about that. Whatever magical spectrum of unicorn gender expression was otherwise being embraced, it ended firmly before needing a socially, culturally, politically, historically, personally, emotionally, medically complicated dick. But I did, and I couldn't outrun it any longer. Literally, the day I gave in and admitted that for me it was penis or death came after a last-ditch bout of denial in which I drove 1,400 miles in three days only to have acknowledged, devastated, at my destination that I couldn't avoid it anymore. So this person had to call six surgeons' offices and PCP's office 19 times for referrals, the insurance company 17 times for necessary authorization. And um, these folks get together, people who have had the surgery, and uh, discuss the feeling of having a surgically created penis and what size testicle implants to get. This person says, quote, there's a scene in the Disney's original Dumbo when the child's elephant mom cradles him in her trunk and sings to him exuding love, quietly but wholly. As a kid feeling utterly unheld by this world, I hated it. 
As a grown man in a hospital bed, chest loosely draped with a gown in a low-lit December room, I looked down in the direction of a penis I'd assumed would be covered in bandages. But then there it was, laid out in an angle toward my left thigh, propped on a green cloth, and I, awed and heartful and weeping, sang that song to it. Baby mine. I don't know the words. <sighs> While I'd been sleeping, two microsurgeons, a recon reconstructive urologist, a surgical fellow, and a surgical resident had, among other things, cut a seven, seven by six inch rectangle out of my right anterior lateral thigh. They'd taken all the skin and fat, plus one big nerve and some veins attached to the muscle and connected the skin itself in the shape of a phallus. Then they slipped the whole thing under two of my thigh muscles, pulled up out of the way with a steel retractor, dragged the phallus across my groin under the skin, and pulled it back out into the world through a hole cut in the skin over my pubic bone. They connected the new penis's nerve to one of the nerve bundles in my native penis, which some people call a clitoris. Okay, that's not a native penis, that's called a clitoris, which they'd cut free of its ligaments, then skinned, then tunneled up under the skin and out to the landing site of the new penis, the base of which they joined to the base of my pelvis, putting me all back together with sutures, some finer than a human hair. That penis, Dr. Baubek Safa, one of the microsurgeons said, when he came by to see me after, to see us, looks perfect. He was mostly talking about the blood flow. He did not mean that with its fresh stitches and a round bloody hole at the top where the skin would eventually close together, it would look like any other penis at the spa, but also it was a lovely shape. Okay, so are we supposed to believe that this makes you a man? Is that the idea? That this makes you, so according to this person, this didn't make them a man. The feeling made them a man, but they needed the penis in order to feel complete. And then this needed to be put on the cover of New York Magazine to promote the idea that this is a reflection of biological reality, that this person is a man now. Understand, this article is not about Gabriel Mack and this person's experiences in life. This article is about you because the goal is to make you believe, make you believe that two and two are five. That is the goal. And if you refuse to believe two and two are five, this makes you a bigot. This makes you a bad person. This means you will be socially ostracized. This means that common sense must go by the wayside. The demand is not for quote unquote tolerance. The demand is for acceptance and celebration and belief more than anything else. Belief. Radical subjectivism is not the way any functional society can work because radical subjectivism eventually, and this is the point in 1984, radical subjectivism eventually will be subjugated in favor of a top-down version of reality that somebody wants to impose. And that top-down version of reality that somebody wants to impose, particularly the folks in the media, is a version of reality that is absolutely contrary to actual biological, physical reality, but allows for the possibility of innate malleability of humanity in any direction that they choose. That's the goal. Again, I'm Gabriel Mack can do whatever Gabriel Mack wants to do in a free country. Although, again, I think surgeons who perform these sorts of surgeries are doing nobody any great service. I think that the, the notion that, that obvious mental disorders are going to be solved by, by brutal surgeries that require years of healing in many cases, that this is not, that 20 years from now, people are going to look back at this in the same way that people look at, at curing seizures by putting an ice, uh, ice pick in your eye. Like this is... The, by doing lobotomies. Like this is, but put that aside. What this is really about more than anything else is getting you, again, to believe two and two are five. That's what this is about. Alrighty, in just one second, we'll get to the latest on Omicron where everybody has spiraled into panic again. The data on Omicron suggests this thing is not particularly deadly. We'll get to that in just one moment first. It is a great time of year to get somebody the most meaningful gift. So what is the most meaningful gift? Legacy box. Okay, so as I mentioned uh, a little bit earlier on in the show, 
Uh, my grandmother, who was 91, passed away over the course of the last week. Well, one thing that was amazing that I had done for my parents and that really uh, has helped them in this time is I used Legacy Box about a year ago and we preserved all the old family photos. So we took all the old family photos that were, that were in boxes in the garage and we shipped them off to Legacy Box and now they are digitally preserved forever, which is an amazing, amazing thing. It means they can pass those photos on to me and to my kids. Legacy Box makes that happen for you, right? You got a bunch of old films out in the garage. You got a bunch of old film reels or VHS tapes. You can't use those anymore. So get those digitally transferred over. Now they're accessible and make a great gift to family. Again, Legacy Box uh, is a very, it's one of the most meaningful things I've ever done for my parents. You can future-proof your family's legacy. Relax knowing your irreplaceable moments can be easily viewed, shared, and passed on for future generations. Their exclusive barcoded online tracking system provides up to 12 emailed updates along the way. Prices are under 40 bucks. Make this holiday season special. Give the gift of memories. With Christmas just around the corner, there's still time to buy the best Christmas gift ever. Visit LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro. Take advantage of an exclusive discount for listeners. Legacy Boxes are still in stock, ready to ship. Visit LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro for an exclusive offer. That's LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro. Alrighty. Meanwhile, Omicron panic continues to wash across the land like a vast, ugly tidal wave. Yesterday, Joe Biden laid out his plan for Omicron. Suffice it to say, Joe Biden's plan for Omicron is going to be completely ineffective because guess what's going to be effective against Omicron? The answer, you may have guessed, is nothing. That is correct. It turns out that the Omicron stats from South Africa are demonstrating that Omicron is not supremely dangerous. It is not as dangerous as Delta. It is not as dangerous as the original variant. South Africa is about 25 to 30% vaxxed. But Omicron, which has spiked in South Africa and now is coming down the other side in South Africa, did not kill massive numbers of people. In fact, it killed so few people in South Africa that Anthony Fauci has been forced to actually acknowledge the reality, which is that natural immunity might be a thing because so many people in South Africa had already had COVID that when they got Omicron, it didn't matter very much. It's amazing to see uh, Anthony Fauci suddenly acknowledge that natural immunity ought to be taken into account. Here he was discussing South Africa. It is likely that the reason that it is less severe is that in South Africa, what you have is a very large proportion of the population has already been infected and recovered and a relatively smaller proportion have been vaccinated. So it is likely that the protection against infection is not very good because it'll get into the nasopharynx and infect you. The reason they may have a less severe is that the underlying cross protection that you have from an experience of a virus of a different variant might actually be protecting you from severe disease, which predominantly involves the lungs. Okay, so um, I'm noticing here that suddenly he believes in natural immunity. Welcome to the club, which has been around, as a Martin Koldorf, former professor at Harvard Medical School, says that the club of people who have understood natural immunity as a thing has existed for, oh, approximately 1,700 years, something like that. Hey, I'm glad that Anthony Fauci has finally joined the club. That doesn't mean, by the way, he's not going to press for vax mandates, even for people who already have natural immunity. So, President Biden decided to give a speech yesterday. The speech is not directed at actually solving the problem. The speech is directed at pretending to solve the problem. Because again, when it comes to this cult, the high priesthood must maintain that if only you would obey them, the problems would be solved. The problems won't be solved. Okay, you're not solving Omicron. It is 70 times as transmissible as Delta. Delta was twice as transmissible as the original variant. That means that Omicron is 140 times as transmissible as the original variant. In other words, we're all getting Omicron in the same way we all get a cold. And here's the good news. By these statistics available from South Africa and from the UK, by the way, you're not going to die from it. In fact, you are probably going to get mildly ill from it. If you're vaccinated, you're almost certainly going to get only mildly ill from it. If you're unvaccinated, theoretically, you could get more sick. 
We don't know how much more sick. Not as sick as you would have been if you got Delta. So President Biden has now outlined his strategy. Apparently, the strategy includes doubling down on vax campaigns and propping up hospitals as they confront a large influx of patients. Federal officials will direct resources, including army doctors, to support healthcare systems and distribute rapid tests to Americans. Uh, President Biden's speech was mostly directed at trying to scare the living hell out of you. But here's the thing. Omicron should be the time when you're not so scared. Okay, I, I'm noticing all around me institutions that are shutting their doors, schools that are shutting down, for example, in the face of Omicron. Kids are not dying even of Delta. They are certainly not dying of Omicron. We should not be testing the asymptomatic. We should not be pursuing a lockdown strategy. That, that's what this ends with, by the way. If you test the asymptomatic, you're locking down society. It's that simple. Omicron is too transmissible. Too many people have it. So if the idea is that if you're diagnosed with Omicron and you're asymptomatic, you're now supposed to stay home for 10 days and you combine that with everyone should get tested, half of society will be staying home. You will shut down the entire economy of the United States. Okay, but everything they do is not geared toward success. It's geared toward leaving the impression that they can control this thing. So in reality, here's the actual solution to Omicron. You ready for this? You ready for this? You should get vaxxed if you're vulnerable or if you're older. You should have done that the entire pandemic. I've been very clear about this. And then if you get Omicron, that's all. You will get Omicron. We will all get Omicron. We will virtually all survive and we'll move on with our lives. Done. That's the plan. I know it sounds really crazy and really difficult to say that some people are going to get mildly ill and then that's going to be the end of it. But that's kind of what the stats show at this point. Yeah, but Joe Biden, so Joe, Joe Biden is in a tough spot. He's made a catch-22 for himself. On the one hand, if he shuts down the economy, his presidency continues to crater. On the other hand, he has suggested that he is going to shut down the virus. I mean, he literally tweeted out he would shut down the virus, which no human being is capable of doing. So that means that he's going to try to split the baby. He says we should be concerned about Omicron, but not panicked. Uh, I have an idea. I'm vaxxed. I'm not concerned or panicked about Omicron. And as far as my kids go, I'm not concerned or panicked about my kids getting Omicron because nobody who knows any of the data is concerned about kids getting Omicron. My parents are triple vaxxed. I'm not concerned about them getting Omicron. My wife is triple vaxxed because she's a doctor. I'm not worried about her getting Omicron. So um, how about I'm not concerned or panicked? Here, here's Joe Biden anyway. We should all be concerned about Omicron, but not panicked. If you're fully vaccinated, and especially if you got your booster shot, you are highly protected. And if you're unvaccinated, you're at a higher risk of getting severely ill from COVID-19, getting hospitalized, and even dying. So the best thing to do is get fully vaccinated and get your booster shot. Okay, well, as far as the booster shots go, what the data tend to show is that if you are elderly or immunocompromised, you should get a booster shot because what the boosters basically do is they increase the number of antibodies in your system. Antibodies prevent the infection. So you can get a temporary boost and that will prevent the infection for a certain period of time. If you have a slower immune system, which is what it means to be older or be immunocompromised, this means that preventing the disease is probably a good bet, right? It's worthwhile. If you're 30, your T-cell, B-cell memory is going to kick in and you're going to be able to fight this off. So you will get infected and then you'll have a mild cold and your nose will run and then you'll be done. They said that, that, is, that is why boosters are, are inapposite for everyone. In fact, there are many scientists, including the WHO, who suggest that boosters for 30-year-olds should be foregone in favor of getting first doses to people who are in Africa who have not been vaccinated at all, for example. Okay, then Joe Biden, again, he's trying to split the baby because he's stuck. He has made a promise he cannot fulfill. He was going to shut down the virus, but he can't shut down the virus. So on the one hand, we're not going back to March 2020 because if we go back to March 2020, he's toast, his party's toast, he knows it. So here he says, we're, we're not going back to March 2020 conditions, but 
Somebody needs to ask him why we're not going back to March 2020 conditions, considering that Omicron is going to spread way faster than the original variant. And you're telling people to be concerned. Another question that folks are asking is, are we going back to March 2020? Not just last March 2021, but March 2020, when the pandemic first hit. <clears throat> That's what I keep getting asked. The answer is absolutely no, no. Here are three big differences between then and now. One, number one, the first one, more than 200 million Americans have been fully vaccinated. In March of 2020, no one was fully vaccinated. Okay, so he's saying that the vaccinations are what is going to prevent us from going March 2020. But you and your administration are saying that people who get it are still going to have to quarantine for up to 10 days. Which means, effectively speaking, that if you have mass testing combined with that particular rule and lack of symptoms, you will go back to March 2020. It won't be a formal lockdown. It won't be shut your business's doors. It will be businesses cannot operate without their employees or their customers. So you will backdoor March 2020 into actual policy. Okay, so then Joe Biden says you can celebrate Christmas if you and those who celebrate with you are vaccinated. Now, here's what makes no sense about this. If you're vaccinated, you should be able to celebrate with the unvaccinated. That's the reality. The vaccines work at preventing hospitalization and death. And you can be infected by somebody else who's vaccinated. Half the people I know at this point probably have Omicron and have infected each other and they're vaccinated. So nobody cares. Yeah, but here is Joe Biden saying a nonsensical thing. And I know some Americans are wondering if you can safely celebrate the holidays with your family and friends. The answer is yes, you can. If you and those you celebrate with are vaccinated particularly if you've gotten your booster shot. If you are vaccinated and follow the precautions that we all know well, you should feel comfortable celebrating Christmas and the holidays as you planned it. You know, you've done the right thing. You can enjoy the holiday season. Okay, well, here's the thing. If you're unvaccinated, you can also enjoy the holiday season. You're just at higher risk than the vaccinated. Okay, and then he gets to, this is kind of an amazing statement from Joe Biden. So he says, we're vaccinating you to save your life. Right, we're not vaccinating you because we want to control your life. We're vaccinating you to save your life. Well, if this standard were held by the government, the government would control your life. And because it turns out that the number one cause of death in the United States is heart disease. Heart disease is highly linked to obesity. Do you really want the government deciding what you can eat on a daily basis? Realistically speaking, the principle of which he is speaking, this broad principle that the government can do anything it wants in order to save your life is, uh, as we say, overbroad. Hey, here's Joe Biden saying, we're vaccinating you to save your life, not control your life. I know vaccination requirements are unpopular for many. They're not even popular for those who are anxious to get them. My administration has put them in place not to control your life, but to save your life and the lives of others. Okay, so saving the lives of others is not really the issue in the sense that, again, vaccinated people can transmit the disease. It is true that if you could force, if you were a benevolent dictator and you could force everybody to get vaccine, fewer people would die. The problem is we still have in this country a baseline notion that you should be able to make decisions about your own health that affect you. Okay, that, that is just that, that is a baseline level of liberty. And once the government gets to decide that they can do whatever they want in order to quote unquote save your life, that means there are no limits. Right? You end up in Michael Bloomberg land, no soda, no meat, no eggs. Right? We, all, we all eat like Joe Biden wants us to eat. If there's no limiting principle here, there is no end to the control, which, of course, is kind of the idea. There is no end to the control. By the way, there's a certain irony here. That irony is that Joe Biden's press secretary, Jen Psaki, was asked yesterday about whether Joe Biden had COVID. 
And her answer was uh, less than edifying. How is the president feeling given close contact? Is he symptomatic? Is he doing okay? I know he's getting tested tomorrow, but give us an update. Uh, he's asymptomatic. I spent several hours with him uh, this morning, uh, and he is feeling great. And you'll see him at the speech shortly. A question. Uh, that was not the question. The question was, has the president tested recently? And Jen Psaki's answer was, he's asymptomatic. Okay, so that's actually a good answer if you hold by my logic. That is a terrible answer if you hold by Joe Biden's logic. By my logic, if you're asymptomatic, I don't care whether you have COVID. I really don't. Because asymptomatic people have all sorts of stuff. We have never in the history of humanity tested people for asymptomatic things with the intent of shutting down their lives. The notion of testing the asymptomatic is a bizarre one. So by my lights, if Joe, if Joe Biden is asymptomatic, he doesn't need to test. But we've been told that Joe Biden tests every day. Right? We were told that earlier this month. So if he tests every day and Jen Psaki is saying he's asymptomatic, that means that there's a good shot that he actually has COVID and is asymptomatic. And yet he's out there doing what he wants to do. I'm not sure what else I'm supposed to take away from Jen Psaki answering the question as to his COVID positive status by saying he is asymptomatic. You don't get to use Jen Psaki logic here. You have to use my logic to come to that particular conclusion. Okay, what all this is resulting in is, is a vastly discombobulated policy. And you can see it on the left. I mean, they're just running around, waving their hands around in the air like the crazy inflatable men at the used car lot. It's just a bunch of conflicting proposals that make no sense in tandem with one another. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let's say that you are a dinosaur living in prehistoric times and the weather has started to turn and the volcanoes have started to erupt and all you want to do is get your little dinosaur child to safety. We'll call him Littlefoot. But something goes dramatically wrong. Well, as you lay your head down for the last time, you might think to yourself, man, at the very least, I should have gotten Littlefoot some tree star life insurance. You should have used Policy Genius. Head on over to policygenius.com Shapiro right now. Answer a few questions about yourself in minutes. You can work out how much life insurance coverage you need. Compare personalized quotes to find your best price. You could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. Their licensed experts will help you understand your options and apply for a policy. The Policy Genius team works for you, not the insurance company. You can trust them to offer unbiased help and advocate for you at every step until you are covered. Policy Genius does not add on extra fees or sell your information to third parties. Head on over to policygenius.com Shapiro. Get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. That's policygenius.com Shapiro. Policygenius.com Shapiro. Go check it out right now. Okay, we're going to get to the actual policy preferences of this administration in just one second. First, a couple of big announcements. First, last night, the Daily Wear premiered a very special episode of Candace. Candace Owens traveled to Mar-a-Lago for a face-to-face -face interview with former President Donald Trump for an in-depth conversation with one of the most censored men on planet Earth. Here is Candace on the interview. Today, I'm going to sit down with him and I'm going to give him a fair but a tough interview with critiques that have come from his own side. I voted for President Trump, make no mistake but there are tons of questions that need answering. And I hope that I'm able to deliver that to you all today. Welcome to Candace. The interview is streaming exclusively to members at dailywire.com. Head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe to join today and start watching. If you dig Candace, head on over to the yeswecandace.com store. Pick up some awesome Candace merch. Also, we have a brand new show. It is called The Search. I love this show. I, basically, you get to be a fly on the wall for conversations I have with some of my smartest friends. We just go to a coffee shop and we talk. And we talk about family and we talk about life. We talk about meaning. The first episode with Jordan Peterson available right now at dailywire.com is stellar. It's really, it's, it's a different look. It's a different feel because it's not formal. It's really informal. And that's kind of the best conversations you ever have or with a friend over coffee. Well, now you get to watch me have coffee with my friends. And it's, it's terrific. Go check out the search right now at dailywire.com. 
Biden.com. Also, the Biden administration continues to use the pandemic to strip Americans of our freedoms. The Daily Wire is fighting back. We are closing in on our goal of 1 million signatures on our Do Not Comply petition. We need your help to take us over the finish line by Christmas is the goal. By New Year's, if we don't make that, it's necessary. The Sixth Circuit this week lifted the stay on the vax mandate. We are now appealing directly to the Supreme Court. Joe Biden's winter plan will involve more vax mandates. If you believe, by the way, it's going to stop at companies with over 100 employees, wrong you are. The CDC is going to extend this to everyone. Reaching a million signatures will provide a major boost for our legal challenge. Please sign the petition at dailywire.com slash do not comply. Share our petition with all of your friends and family. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. So what exactly are the proposals that emerge from this very confused, discombobulated administration? They've created a catch-22 for themselves. Yes, we'll stop COVID. Also, we can't stop COVID. This creates a lot of bizarre proposals. So the great and powerful Anthony Fauci, he says that um, if you're unvaxxed, you should stay away from the vaxxed and vice versa. Here's Dr. Anthony Fauci explaining. If someone in your family isn't vaccinated, should you ask them not to show up? Uh, yes, I, I would do that. I mean, I think we're dealing with a, a serious enough situation right now that if there's an unvaccinated person, I would say, I'm very sorry, but not this time, maybe another time when this is all over. Um, okay, that's ridiculous. If you're vaxxed, you shouldn't be afraid of the unvaxxed. You should be done. And meanwhile, the New York Times is saying maybe schools are going to have to close. No, schools don't have to close. The kids are not vulnerable, you idiots. And yet Dana Goldstein writes for the New York Times, the dread was familiar. As news spread of the latest COVID surge fueled by the Omicron variant, parents faced a return to the drudgery of school through a screen. Childcare crises and restless young bodies penned inside for the winter. In Manhattan, Olivia Strong received an email from her son's public middle school on Monday informing her that his cohort of eighth graders would transition to remote learning because of multiple positive virus cases. I fully expected it, she said, sighing deeply. Her hope, she added, was that a short break to reset would allow schools to reopen more safely in the new year. I mean, I'm sorry, this is insane. This is insane. Kids are not dying of this virus. They've not been dying of this virus the entire time. And yet they continue, now that now they're talking about school shutdowns. Really, like all over the country, there are people who are talking about school shutdowns because of the COVID paranoid. Members of the, the COVID cult have decided that they are going to ensure that kids are not allowed to go to school, which by the way, raises anxiety and depression among kids. We saw a vast amount of that over the course of the last year and a half. It means they fall behind. Now that the masking of kids is having some pretty dire effects, on, on how kids operate in the real world. The data are in and masking has serious downsides, which is not shocking. It turns out when you take small kids and you don't expose them to human faces, they're not that good at reading emotions. It, it, it actually screws with their IQ. It is not good. And yet this administration, is at the same time, Joe Biden is saying it's not March 2020. Meanwhile, the administration is like, well, it might be March 2020. So here's Education Secretary Miguel Cardona saying that the school shutdowns in the first place were not overdone. On what basis? On what basis? Absolutely not. And I'm not only speaking as an educator, but as a parent. Uh, not only uh, did we want to make sure we protected our, our children and our staff uh, with information that we know now, but we didn't know then. But I think it's really important to remind folks that children can carry it and they could spread it to their grandparents. They could spread it to family members back at a time when we didn't have vaccines. You know, we lost so many lives. Um, and I believe that the precautions that we took uh, were necessary. Okay, Europe didn't shut down its schools, and um, nope, this is just wrong. This is just wrong. I mean, the evidence that school shutdowns were a good idea, that evidence does not exist. The evidence is completely absent in every possible way. And it, by the way, if he thinks that it was bad in March 2020, and the problem is you can infect grandma, well, guess what? 
Omicron is way more infectious. So why wouldn't they push for school shutdowns? Meanwhile, Rochelle Walensky was questioned about masking and vaccinating kids because, again, kids are not dying of the virus. And also, there are n there's no evidence that masking kids is useful at all. And so she's just not going to answer the question. She's just going to maintain that you have to do all of these things because this is what the cult requires. Will you follow the science and stop relying on faulty studies and end mask mandates for children in schools? Response. Um, you know, there have been study after study, not only in this country, but in other countries that have demonstrated um, that our layered prevention strategies, including masks in schools, are able to keep our schools safely open. It's we nonsense. want to be able to keep our schools open, and the best way to do that is to use those layered prevention strategies, um, and that includes not only vaccinating our children but and, and our adults, but also to continue to mask, certainly in the context of this high, very transmissible um, Omicron variant. She has not one shred of evidence. Okay, the question here was, okay, Rochelle Walensky has over and over and over cited a bad study. The Atlantic completely debunked this study. There was a study that she kept citing saying that, P that school children were three times more likely to get COVID if there was no mask mandate. That study is complete garbage. It does not work. There, it, it does not use comparable control groups. It is just, it's a nonsense study. The Atlantic, okay, not a right-wing organization. The Atlantic completely ripped that study apart. She's asked about it and her response is, I'm just not even going to cite data. I'm just going to tell you what you ought to do. I mean, this is, this is craziness. It's craziness. So they say they don't want to shut down society. They say that the vaccinated should be able to lead normal lives. And then they're like, also, you should never associate with an unvaxxed person again. Also, your kids must be vaxxed. Also, you should get boosters. Also, you should continue to wear a mask. Also, we should test the asymptomatic. Joe Biden wants 500 million tests for people to test. And people are lining up around the block in major cities around the United States, convinced by the media they must test for Omicron if they've got a sniffle. This is craziness, folks. It's nuts. Andy Slavitt, former White House senior advisor on COVID. He's now saying that we need to push for more boosters and require booster shots. We need to require booster shots, not for the most vulnerable, but for everyone. We need to require boosters. Weird, Israel has had third shots of boosters. And guess what? They still have an Omicron outbreak. In fact, that Omicron outbreak is so severe, they're now requiring fourth shots in Israel. You should get your punch card. And if you finally get to 12, then you get a free donut. It's exciting stuff happening here. In, in Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, the complete turd of a mayor, she, she was suggesting, quote, to put it simply, if you have been living vaccine-free, your time is up. If you wish to live life as with the ease to do the right things you love, you must be vaxxed. This health order may pose an inconvenience to the unvaccinated. And in fact, it is inconvenient by design. She's deliberately making your life worse if you are unvaxxed. And then she says she's going to call for vax passports. The vax passports are completely useless. They're useless. Vaccinated people are passing this. New York City has had a vax passport for months at this point. They have a massive outbreak in New York City. This is not designed to elicit the actual result that they supposedly want, which means that what is it actually designed to do? Maximize power and get you to signal that you've got skin in the game and that you're going to side with the cult. Also exempt are any individuals entering an establishment for less than 10 minutes for the purpose of merely ordering food or drink. So if you're going into that coffee shop to pick up and go, you don't need to show proof. But if you're going to linger, you're going to eat that muffin, you're going to sit down with your laptop, you got to show proof of vaccination. By the way, if you go into a, a coffee shop and you stand in line for 10 minutes unvaccinated, that is plenty of time to infect everybody around you. So obviously, this is not designed to elicit a response. It's designed to just pressure people. That pressure is not going to be successful. 
Meanwhile, Miguel Cardona, again, the education secretary, insisting that masks work. Here is the thing. N95s do work. KN95s work. You know what there is no evidence works? Cloth face masks. You know who said that? Leanna Wen, the most hawkish person on COVID it is possible to be. Yesterday on CNN, she said they are facial decorations. That is correct. Your government is still providing you bad data. The goal is to have students safely in the classrooms. Uh, we don't God. want quarantines. Uh, no, no one benefits when they're quarantined. Parents have to leave work or late notice to, to change their schedule. And we know masks prevent the spread of COVID-19. Uh, so when there are policies in place that prevent that, I think those policies are going to come under question because it's, it's hurting parents' ability to be at work. And most importantly, it's hurting our students' ability to be engaged with their yeah. peers and with their teachers where they learn best. Oh my God. So here's what they do. They set a stupid rule that makes no sense. And then to back up that rule, they set up another stupid rule. So the stupid rule is all kids in the class have to be masked because that's going to spread. That's going to stop transmission. No evidence. Cloth face masks stop transmission of Omicron. None. Okay. Then they say, and if you're not masked and somebody gets gets Omicron, then you have to test everybody. Why? Why? Okay. But, but if they're masked, you don't have to test everybody. So in order to shore up the lie, you can't get infected by somebody with a cloth mask who is seven years old. In order to shore up that lie, you have to not test everybody. But if they're unmasked, then you have to test everybody. Why, it's almost as though you're rigging the system in order to come up with positive tests when there are no masks. It's almost as though you've created a system to redouble your data at the expense of actual data. It's incredible. Do you see the trick they're playing? The trick is we will only look at the tests among the unmasked. But we'll never look at the tests among the masked because, t- because we know that masks work already. You don't. You haven't provided any data on this whatsoever. Here's the actual solution. Unmask the kids. Leave them the hell alone. Don't test the asymptomatic. If you're symptomatic, go home. Done. Just like the flu. Just like every other disease in the history of humankind. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, when we say something is free, it should mean, you know, free, like no strings attached, no hidden costs, no fine print to decipher. When you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks monthly for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. Pure Talk saves the average family almost a thousand bucks a year. Plus, with Pure Talk, you know you're spending your hard-earned money with a company that aligns with your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make that switch today. Head on over to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Switch on over to my cell phone company. I've been using Pure Talk myself for Several years at this point. I can tell you the coverage is excellent. Go check them out right now. PureTalk.com slash Shapiro. You know where this ends? This ends for for the left. Never. It ends with model citizens. Okay, so this was the model citizen on Twitter yesterday. I just have to show you this model citizen. is a person named Dana Dana, not Scully at Telefeminism. Do you have a picture of this human? There should be a picture of this human attached to the suite. Yes, there it is. All right, so if you can't see this, this is why you should... Subscribe and watch the video. This person describes flying, quote, I'm flying today, but I'm not effing around with Omicron. Check, Pfizer times three. Check, negative rapid test. Check, natural immunity. Check, N95 sealed to my face with surgical tape. Check, secondary mask for displaying opinions. Check, face shield. Check, vinyl gloves. Check, touch screen gloves. Check, bleep ton of Xanax. So um, this is the model citizen. This, you, this person should win the Medal of Honor. This person is the 
most important person in America. This person understands Omicron. This person understands how you're supposed to protect yourself. Just to repeat, you're supposed to triple vax. You're supposed to test negative. You've already had COVID, which means you have natural immunity, but you triple vaxed anyway. Then you're not only supposed to wear an N95, you're supposed to seal the N95 to your face using surgical tape. But that's not enough. The real key, I think, the real key in this description is the secondary mask for displaying your opinions. That's the key. Because if you wear a mask that that has a that, that says vote on it, which is what this mask says, then Omicron definitely will leave you alone. I mean, we learned this during BLM last year, right? I mean, during BLM, we learned that you could go ahead and twerk for George Floyd without a mask and you would never be hit by the variant, ever. You would never be hit by, by the original variant or by, by anything. In fact, you're immune from death so long as you are twerking for George Floyd. This is what we learned from our scientific community last year. So she's right. In fact, she's so right, she could dismiss all the rest of the things she wouldn't need. As long as she had a cloth face mask that said vote on it, she'd be done. She'd be good to go. She also has a face shield, vinyl gloves, touchscreen gloves, and bleep ton of Xanax. Yeah, the Xanax, I think, is probably the key ingredient here. I think that's most likely the key ingredient. We have decided to panic ourselves over a variant that is essentially the common cold for the vast majority of people who get it. We have decided to destroy the lives of our children on the shoals of COVID panic because our government actors lied to us about what they could do and what they couldn't do. That is what they've done. It is insane, but I guess they feel better about themselves ruining lives. By the way, the COVID hospitalizations in South Africa, just going to point this out, they're falling. They're falling already. They lasted for five seconds and then they fell. And to pretend that the data is, is, is not in is ridiculous. The data are in. It is Eric Topol, okay, who is not a wild right-winger. He tweeted out a study yesterday that the South African preprint data says 70% reduction in illness severity compared with Delta and prior variants. 70%. My guess is it's probably higher than that. Okay, but they, they're going to continue. They must. They must continue. Because again, it's about the faith. They're going to make a bunch of moves that restrict your life because the more you restrict your life, the, the more virtuous you are. The more restricted you are, the more virtuous you are. Because this is a religious practice at this point. That's all this is. It is a religious practice. And so you must listen to the doddering old fool in the White House telling you a bunch of contradictory things. You must listen to Rochelle Walensky when she says you need to mask your kids. You must listen to Andy Slavin when he says you have to boost the, the unborn. And you have to do all of these things despite the fact that there are countervailing arguments. And by the way, on boosters, Marty McCary, a friend of the show from Johns Hopkins, he says it's actually dangerous to push boosters for teens. He says booster mandates for healthy young people, which some colleges are imposing, will cause medical harm for the sake of transient reductions in mild and asymptomatic infections. In a study of 438,000 males, 16 to 24, 56 developed myocarditis after their second Pfizer dose. Most cases were mild, but in the broader group of 136 people who developed myocarditis, seven had a complicated course. One 22-year-old died. Moderna's vaccine carries an even higher rate of heart complications, which is why some European countries have restricted it for people under 30. But in the United States, the FDA and CDC are indiscriminately pushing boosters for all young people. Again, all of this is being done in the absence of real data suggesting that 18-year-olds need a booster in the first place. But once again, I, I will just repeat this until I'm blue in the face. The goal is not to stop Omicron, because you can't. The goal is not even to prevent death from Omicron, because whatever death is going to happen is going to happen. The goal is to maintain the lie that they are in control, and the only reason we have failed to stop this is because of your lack of fealty. They are very disappointed in your lack of faith. All righty, we'll be back here today with an additional hour of content. In the meantime, please head on over to dailywire.com slash do not comply. 
We are very close to 1 million signatures. We need your help because, of course, we've appealed the Biden vax mandate to the Supreme Court. Please help us get to a million signatures. Dailywire.com slash do not comply. In the meantime, go check out the Michael Knowles Show. In today's show, Attorney General Garland says criminals released from prison due to COVID won't be sent back and collected. You can hear more details about that story over on Michael's show. That's available right now. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Knowles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Bradford Carrington. Post producer, Justin Barber. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright, Daily Wire 2021. CNN's medical analyst tells the public not to wear cloth masks. Democrat Senator Joe Manchin pushes back on the White House. And Attorney General Merrick Garland releases thousands of criminals. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. Hey, 